You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Wednesday to you. Per usual, we've got a lot to reflect on here on today's podcast. We heard from Sean McDermott on Tuesday. The Bills, of course, had their first padded practice of training camp. We heard from Mario Addison. And I want to talk about a storyline that affects the AFC. So plenty to get into here today on the podcast. Let's start with the comments made by Sean McDermott. And there wasn't a whole lot to pull out of his media availability, but you guys know that I listen intently and I try to find the most meaningful comments that he made and obviously dig into them and talk about what they mean. So here's what I have. He talked about Mario Addison and Mario Addison's an interesting player for this football team because there is so much young talent at defensive end. A.J. Epinesa, Gregory Rousseau, Carlos Basham, F.A. Obata, Daryl Johnson. And then there's also Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison. Some people think that there's a course forward where Mario Addison doesn't make the team. And obviously he restructured his deal a bit so that he can stay in Buffalo. And I think that that is a signal that he's going to be around. And I think the coaching staff and Brandon Bean really like him and they want him for this year. So I don't believe right now that Mario Addison is not going to be part of this football team. I think he is. But he was a major player today because of what Sean McDermott said and then some of the comments that he made during his press conference. So let's first talk about what Sean McDermott said about Mario Addison. He said he's back and he looks good. He's in a good mental space, in shape and ready to go. He said he's embraced the idea that you lead yourself first and then you can lead others. Now, obviously, there's this thought that Mario Addison's going to be a major asset for the young talent the Bills have at defensive end, just like Jerry Hughes. And when I listened to McDermott say those words, it led me to believe that maybe Mario wasn't in the right headspace last year and that he wasn't in ideal shape for the role the Bills were asking him to fill. And everybody that's seen Mario Addison has commented on how he's looking leaner this year and there's a little bit more bounce in his step. And so when I think about the you know, the renewed energy, the leaner frame, the comments that Coach McDermott made, it really sounds like Mario kind of wore down a bit last year, maybe wasn't completely prepared, but is ready to go this year and play a lesser role but a meaningful role in the development of these young defensive ends. Now, Sean McDermott commented on A.J. Epinesa, and it's not that he said anything riveting, but I did pull out that he mentioned Epinesa came back early in the offseason and really got started with the offseason program, and it was on his own doing. They didn't tell him he had to be there. Nobody was saying, hey, if you want to be a starter for this team or play significant snaps, you need to be in the facility. But Epinesa chose to be there, and I think that is going to prove instrumental for his development in terms of becoming the player the Bills want him to be because he's embracing exactly the training regiment that they want him to undertake. And so the positive 
reports on Epinesa have continued now through training camp, and obviously we've heard them all off season long, but for Coach McDermott to talk about how he took ownership himself in his development and getting on track, that is something that is very encouraging to me. Now, as we all know, this was the Bills' first padded practice, and obviously Coach McDermott commented on that and talked about how it's just a different day, right? Like, putting the pads on, you're going to find out some things about players, and it was interesting how he talked about Gregory Rousseau and A.J. Epinesa when talking about where they've come to this point in training camp and how they've looked and you know what the outlook is on them. For both of those players, he specifically used the phrase, today starts a new chapter. And so, kind of like what I mentioned yesterday on the podcast, the narratives to this point are interesting and, and we're really encouraged by the players that have stood out. But the narratives that form moving forward now that the pads are on, these are the meaningful narratives to cling to. And so I'm anxious to see how things shift and evolve. Now, some comments that really made me perk up when listening to Sean McDermott on Tuesday were regarding Jake Fromm. And he was asked a question about Jake Fromm and how he's acclimating to a more normal role on the football team. And this is what Coach McDermott said. He's done an incredible job of working back. He's an incredible man with a strong faith, developing on and off the field. He has good command of the offense, and he's leading with action and words. He has good habits. He's out there early, working out, and he knows who he is. I'll tell you what. You know that I'm not the highest on Jake Fromm, or even high at all. I'm very low on what I think he'll be in the NFL. But Sean McDermott didn't have to say all that. You know, like really complimenting his work habits and called him an incredible man with a strong faith. And we know that those are things that matter to Sean McDermott, right? I think there's a lot of relatability between Jake Fromm, who is an outdoorsman and is a faith-based person and how that connects with Sean McDermott. And we've seen those characteristics help players in the past with Coach McDermott. And so I just thought it was interesting how he chose to speak so glowingly about Jake Fromm. Now, it was interesting that Lorenzo Alexander was at practice this week, and when Coach McDermott was asked about that, he said that he gets the feeling that Lorenzo Alexander wants to be around the game still. He wants to be around the NFL and give back. He has a lot of wisdom to share. And so when Coach McDermott was saying those things, I was thinking, man, maybe Zoe wants to coach. And then those Ideas were immediately squashed when I read a column by Sal Marinara of the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle, where he pulled this quote from Lorenzo Alexander, where Zoe said, I don't want to coach. I told them that up front. I love the game. I love the guys, but I love my kids and my wife more. So yeah, I don't, it doesn't sound like Zoe's going to be coaching anytime soon. And I certainly appreciate where he's coming from and valuing those family relationships and, you know, putting that above football, that's obviously the direction he's choosing to go with his life at this point, which is admirable. And I love that about Zoe, very respectable man, uh, somebody that I really enjoyed rooting for when he was on the Buffalo Bills and just an incredible story. But it doesn't sound like Zoe is going to be part of this coaching staff anytime soon. But, you know, I do love to see players coming back, right? guys that have come up a little bit under Sean McDermott or finished their career with Sean McDermott, whether that's Eric Wood or it's Kyle Williams or Lorenzo Alexander, these types of guys coming back is a good thing. You know, previous leaders for this team and how they 
were instrumental in connecting the message from Coach McDermott to the locker room and being a leader, seeing those guys want to come back and be part of things and just show their face and maybe offer some insight and wisdom when appropriate is something that I really like to see. Now, lastly, on Coach McDermott's comments, how about what he said about Justin Zimmer and Jake Kumaro? Those two guys have been darlings of training camp so far. And listening to the comments by Coach McDermott has me wondering how he leaves these guys off the 53-man roster. On Justin Zimmer, he said, there's just something about him, something you can't put a finger on. On Jake Kumaro, he said, he had a rocky road to this point, but we missed him when he was gone at the end of last season. We were glad to get him back. He's off to a great start, brings a lot to our team. There's a lot of glue on this team that flies under the radar. Guys who make us who we are, Zimmer and Kumaro are a big part of that. I mean, look, there's still work to be done here. There's still several practices left in training camp. There is a full slate of preseason games. There's a lot that needs to unfold. But he literally said that Zimmer and Kumaro are guys who make us who we are and called them glue guys for the team. I just don't know how you say those types of things about these players and then leave them off the 53-man roster. So I'll tell you what. When I'm making 53-man roster projections moving forward, you can expect to see Zimmer and Kumaro as part of the roster. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. They have coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, cookies and cream, orange, strawberry, and salted caramel. They're all delicious, but not only are they amazing in terms of taste, they're healthy too. Check out these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. The flavors are amazing, they're all tasty, and they're all healthy. And also, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So listen, if you want to try Built Bars, I got a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so the Bills practiced on Tuesday, the first padded practice of training camp. So let's get into the takeaways that we are able to dig into, courtesy of the outstanding beat reporters that cover the Buffalo Bills. We'll start with participation, and John Feliciano sat on Tuesday with what appeared to be an arm injury that he suffered in practice on Monday. Forrest Lamp was back after missing Monday's practice for reasons that were not reported. Offensive lineman Markel Harrell, he hurt his foot during practice on Tuesday. And then as we know, Ike Bakker and Deion Dawkins are out in the COVID protocol, and Jerry Hughes remains out with a calf strain. So it sounds like practice overall was a good day for the defense, which makes sense. The pads are on for the first time, and some of the timing could be a little bit different when those are on, and the defensive players can be a little bit more aggressive with what they're doing to disrupt the timing of the offense. Some of the highlights were an interception by Micah Hyde. He picked off Josh Allen when targeting Dawson Knox with Matt Milano in coverage, tipped it up, and Micah Hyde came down with the pick. We saw that in the highlight video from practice. Stephon Diggs had a drop. Levi Wallace had a pass breakup when guarding Emmanuel Sanders. And Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic said the offense looked out of rhythm. 
I really enjoyed reading some of the things written by Sal Capaccio of WGR 550, and he talked about the length on defense and how it's showing up in practice. And whether that's Tremaine Edmonds or Gregory Rousseau, A.J. Epinesa, F.A. Obata, guys with super long arms, they are impacting throwing windows in a big way, whether that's Tremaine Edmonds and getting his arms up and affecting lanes down the field or you know Rousseau or Epinesa or Obata getting their hands up at the line of scrimmage to knock down footballs and really affect the launch points for the quarterback. You know Those are very encouraging things, and I'm glad to hear that that length is showing up in that capacity at practice, and that was a big theme that Sal Capaccio wrote about. In Matthew Fairburn of the Athletics Practice Recap, he talked about some return bobbles. And I'll tell you what, that made me cringe. You guys know I'm nervous about that. Something I really valued and appreciated about Andre Roberts was the consistency he had catching the football, fielding the football, making great decisions. And it sounds like the Bills had some bobbles on Tuesday. And what did make me happy is that Isaiah McKenzie wasn't mentioned among the guilty parties, and I think Isaiah McKenzie is the leader in the clubhouse to be the return guy, but his competition, Marquez Stevenson and Brandon Powell, both were victimized by bobbled returns. Saw some reports about Spencer Brown, the Bills' third-round pick, and very encouraging comments about how he's looking in the run game, but is struggling in pass protection, and I'm not surprised by that. He's a player that is coming from a lower level of competition right in northern Iowa. He didn't play football in 2020. And he didn't have a ton of experience to begin with at offensive tackle. He was very much a projection-type player where you're taking his blend of size, length, athleticism, mobility, everything that he offers physically and saying, yeah, we could coach that up into an impact player. And so the fact that he's not a shutdown pass blocker at this point in his NFL career, literally like five or six days into training camp, should be a surprise to absolutely nobody. So I'm not panicking there at all, and it's actually well within what I was expecting. And those are good reps for him. It's good for him to get victimized by Carlos Basham on spin moves and you know A.J. Epinesa being able to take, a, take advantage of him around the outside hip, right? Those reps are valuable in terms of failing forward and learning from them and seeing ways that you can get beat and then learning how to counter and adjust and That's why it's great to have a guy like Bobby Johnson, who you should believe in to develop these offensive linemen and, you know, really teach and coach them through these reps. So I don't panic at all when I hear that Spencer Brown is having issues in pass protection because it's just about him developing and coaching the physical side of it. He absolutely has. And so these should be great learning reps and teaching reps for Spencer Brown. Now I will be nervous if Bobby Hart is the, backup left tackle to Deion Dawkins and he has to play in games but we're not at that point yet and I don't panic and worry about things that are not a reality the last guy that I want to mention in terms of practice is undrafted free agent tight end Quinton Morris and look it just feels like this guy continues to show up in these practice recaps in a positive way where you just see little blurbs about how he's looking good or how he's you know, showing off his athleticism in hands and just tweets from the beat reporters are really encouraging about Quentin Morris, and I'm not ignoring that at all. And Matthew Fairburn, in his recap from the Tuesday practice, he noted that Quentin Morris caught a pass from Josh Allen, which is an indicator to me that that was a first-team rep, which would be majorly significant for Quentin Morris as a UDFA to come in and catch a pass from Josh Allen when you have Dawson Knox and you have Tommy Sweeney and Nate Becker, 
you know, even Reggie Gilliam as a hybrid fullback tight end type player. This guy's out there catching a pass or two. I know Jacob Hollister is not practicing, which is probably helpful for Morris to get more reps and show what he can do. And hearing that he caught a pass from Josh Allen in team drills made me go from huh to oh. So we'll keep an eye on Quentin Morris and um, how he continues to look and practice and you know if he's able to really make some noise when it comes to this tight end depth chart. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit in the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. When you use our promo code locked on, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. In the last segment today, I want to talk about the comments made by Mario Addison and then talk about the Indianapolis Colts because what's going on there is really interesting as it relates to the overall picture of the AFC. But let's start with Mario Addison. And, you know, obviously I, I referenced we were going to get into this and. He commented a lot about these young defensive ends, Epinesa, Rousseau, Basham, Obata. And that's a big storyline for the Bills right now is this young quartet of talented defensive ends and how they can impact the team not only in the future but this year. And so listening to Mario Addison comment on those players was really interesting. And Mario is super candid, and you can tell he's he's an open book up there. And I, I just loved listening to him on Tuesday. So let's talk about some of those comments that he made about these young defensive ends on Rousseau and Basham. Mario Addison said, it's amazing. I don't want to play 50 snaps a game. These guys can play as well. When you have young guys that can contribute the same way you do, that's what the team needs. I'm here to coach those guys up and play my role to the best of my ability. At the end of the day, they have to prove themselves on boogie. He said, he's a bigger frame guy, powerful, and runs like a defensive end, does well to convert speed to power, and uses his hands well. On Gregory Rousseau, he said he's a long guy, an Amazon, Godzilla. Seeing how he sets the edge and rushes using his length, it's tremendous. He gets his hands on guys before they get out of their stance. They are both coachable, and they are going to be a expletive to defend. On A.J. Epinesa, he said, A.J. is ready, hands down. He did good last year, but the things he is doing now, watch out for A.J. And listening to Mario, you know what I thought of? I remembered the way John Brown last year spoke about Isaiah Hodgins and Gabriel Davis and how he was really impressed with their route running and how he even said, those young guys are teaching us. It was very complimentary of the young talent that Brandon Bean was able to bring in at the position he plays. And you're hearing kind of similar thoughts and remarks from Addison regarding this young group of defensive ends. And I find that to be very encouraging. And, you know, any idea that Mario Addison is going to be dissatisfied with a reduced role, that can be squashed because the guy came out and said, I don't want to play 50 snaps a game. I don't, he said, I don't want to play 50 snaps a game. So it sounds like these guys are really going to work well together. The snap distribution is going to be interesting. There's a lot of really good football players and young talent and guys that we want to see on the field. So 
you know, look, it's it's not going to be a perfectly even distribution. The best players are going to play. The guys that are the most productive are going to play. But we don't have to have any concern about Mario Addison being disappointed that he's only playing 15 20%, 25% of the snaps. He doesn't want to play more. He, doesn't, he said, I don't want to play 50 snaps a game. On F.A. Obata, and remember, Mario Addison and F.A. Obata were together in Carolina when Obata first came to the NFL, to the United States, to play football. And Mario Addison was a veteran on the team. And Addison was sharing a story about how when he first met him, he asked, hey, dude, have you ever played football before? And Obata said, no, none, none whatsoever. I've never played. And so obviously, you know, Addison talked about how he was in the London program and made it over. And he said, one thing I'll say about him, quote, is that he's very coachable. He's willing to learn. I taught him this one move that he kind of perfected. He does it almost better than me. It's the long arm, and you grab from the outside hand, and you bend it back, and he perfected the move. From a guy not playing football as long as I did and can get out there and do everything I can do, probably can do it better, it shows what kind of tremendous character he has. He is very coachable. You see this man's body, and you can tell that all he needs is coaching. And so, look, Mario is absolutely for these young guys, and that's exciting. That's going to be great for them and their development. And uh, all this positivity regarding Obata and Epinesa and Rousseau and Basham has me pretty excited because I'm a guy who loves defensive ends. I've talked about that in the past. It's my favorite position to evaluate. I love the impact that they can make. And for the Bills to have this group of young talent, and especially like when you think about how quickly it's transformed coming from Last year, when it's Trent Murphy and Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison and Daryl Johnson's here, but you're wondering, like, what's the plan here? Where's the young talent? Where are these developmental players that are going to take over and make an impact? They're here. (laughs) They're here now. And so it's great to see this really materialize. And obviously, they still have a lot to prove. They have everything to prove. But the reports are encouraging. I want to finish off by talking about the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, this team is having some trouble with injuries right now. Carson Wentz, the quarterback that they traded for from the Philadelphia Eagles and really are counting on to be their franchise quarterback and turn it around and be healthy, he's already out with a foot injury. And on top of that, Quentin Nelson, an absolute superstar at guard. I mean, one of the best three offensive linemen in the NFL. He's got the same foot injury. These guys can miss up to 12 weeks. That is substantial. Meanwhile, their left tackle... Eric Fisher, who they signed knowing he was hurt from the Kansas City Chiefs. He's not going to be around to start the season. I mean, an Achilles tear late in the year last year. I mean, this guy, this guy's not going to be ready for a while. So they probably thought with Quentin Nelson at left guard, they can probably get by until Fisher is ready to go at left tackle. But now Nelson's not there. Their quarterback's not there. This team's going to be in trouble to start the year. Look at this schedule. Their first five games, I thought there was a chance they could be 1-4, 0-5, at best maybe 2-3 with everyone healthy. They might be 0-5. Look at this opening stretch of games. They start out hosting the Seattle Seahawks, hosting the Los Angeles Rams, at Tennessee, at Miami, at Baltimore. That's an extremely tough slate of games to start the year, especially against five teams last year. They all won at least 10 games. They all have established head coaches. They all have 
established quarterbacks outside of Miami, but that team won 10 games last year. I mean, wow. I'd be nervous if I were a Colts fan. Now, things ease up a bit after that tough opening stretch, but they still have games later in the season at San Francisco. They have to play the Titans again at Buffalo, Tampa Bay. They play New England later in the year. So if you're a team like the Miami Dolphins, like the New England Patriots, Pittsburgh Steelers, Los Angeles Chargers, this is significant because you kind of think about the Colts and a group of teams like that in the AFC that are battling for a couple of wild card spots. To me, I look at it like this in terms of this AFC playoff picture going into the year. You got Buffalo, you got Cleveland and Baltimore, you have Tennessee, and they're just going to run away with the AFC South, and you have Kansas City. That's five spots right there that I think are pretty much set in the AFC playoffs. And then you have this field of teams like Indianapolis, Miami, New England, Pittsburgh, the Chargers that are fighting for two spots. The Colts are going to be in a tough hole. I hate to doubt Coach Reich and Coach Eberflus and some of the really good players they have on that roster, DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard, really good young safeties. But, man, wow. I mean, their quarterback's going to be Jacob Eason? They're not really that dynamic in terms of pass catchers. You know, your top receivers, T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, you're hoping Paris Gamble can stay healthy. You've got this deep group of tight ends, but they're all okay at best. They were probably expecting to be a good team in terms of rushing the football with Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines and Marlon Mack back this year, but that whole left side of the offensive line is not going to be around until midseason. I don't know. I'm not high on the Colts this year, I'll tell you that. Good coaching staff, but this is just a lot to overcome early in the season. All right, so the Bills are off on Wednesday. They practice next on Thursday at 10 a.m., so we're going to do herd mentality for the podcast tomorrow. I've got a bunch of stuff already lined up to get to. It should be a great show, so don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribed, rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.